Thank you for joining me for Moments to Ponder Christmas. I'm Betsy Marvin, and this is Episode 5. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Matthew 1, 16-24 told much about Joseph. In fact, no words spoken by Joseph are recorded in scripture. I find that interesting. Was he a man of few words? Or as the gospels were being written, had Joseph already passed away and therefore the disciples didn't have his words to record? But what do we know of the man that God chose to be the adopted father of Jesus? Well, we know he was a carpenter, a righteous man, and Mary's betrothed living in the Galilee area. I can imagine him hearing the news of Mary's pregnancy, most likely from Mary herself, and then wrestling with it all day and and into the night. Pregnant by the Holy Spirit? Visited by an angel? Wait, pregnant? I've read a variety of commentaries that have different assumptions about the age of Joseph. Some say he was likely a young man ready to start life with Mary, who was also very young. Others say he was older, likely more established in life. Either way, he has to wrestle with a really hard situation. It was Jewish custom for a couple to become betrothed. We would say engaged and then spend a year in preparation for a life together. They would have exchanged vows at their betrothal ceremony. Basically, they were married, except for sharing the marriage bed. And then the husband, fiancé, would have begun to build a room onto his father's house for them to share. They would have spent time building a relationship. As most marriages were arranged by parents at that time, This would give them time to grow together. Joseph, well, he had a choice. Mary is pregnant. Her pregnancy looks like adultery. 
and there's definitely a right and a wrong here. As her fiancé, he had to have been so hurt, shocked, angry, all at once. Since they were engaged, we know he knew Mary. He knew her character, her family, her lifestyle. And when he hears her story of the angel in a baby, he must have been so confused. Mary was chosen by God to be the mother to his son. So we know she had to have been a devoted, God-fearing woman. And this doesn't add up to a woman that would commit adultery. The word in this passage used to describe Joseph is righteous. He is a moral, upstanding man. He decides to quietly end things and walk away, when by law he could have her stoned. He cares enough for Mary to not want to shame her publicly. This would be so heavy. A fiancé that says God made her pregnant and a law that condemns her assumed sin. There is a right and wrong here in the eyes of everyone that would have heard of it. But thankfully, Joseph also saw that there was a loving and unloving way to respond. Yet it's at this moment that God steps in and has his angel visit Joseph in a dream. The angel explains it all, and Joseph takes Mary as his wife, and he honors her and names her son Jesus. As we continue our comparison journey through the heaviness of the burdens of our world and the lighter embracing of the mystery of Jesus, I felt this small look at Joseph gave insight into the comparison of right and wrong to being loving or unloving. Right and wrong, rules. We like things to fit nicely into a black and white world. But if we aren't careful, This also brings in condemnation and judgment of those that we perceive are doing things wrong when we, of course, know what is right. Of all the people that have walked this earth, Jesus would have known what was right and what was wrong. But, for example, when he was faced with the woman caught in adultery, he tells her, Neither do I condemn you. There was a whole crowd filled with what they felt was righteous anger. Yet Jesus forgave. He loved. I know people who value right and wrong so highly they lose all track of being loving. And I know people who value loving so highly that they lose track of right and wrong. Yet Jesus, in his wisdom and grace lived into the tension of both. He obviously valued right and wrong, but somehow he never lost sight of loving those around him, even when they were so wrong. How do we do that? As a parent, I love my kids, even when they've done something wrong. And if you're a parent, you've probably learned like me that discipline is often the most loving thing we can do, even if our kids don't see it that way. As parents, we have an end goal in mind. 
we love our kids enough to hold them accountable and even implement consequences when necessary so that they can grow into healthy, responsible adults. And through it all, we never stop loving them. I understand this from God as well. He loves me, even if He doesn't keep me from experiencing the consequences of my actions. But not everything is black and white, are they? Some things are gray. It's in these areas, especially in our world today, that issues and conflicts arise. So I've been trying to ask myself, is my response loving or unloving? Questions like, have I put my opinion above the relationship? Is this about being right? Or how can I love well? Let's face it, sometimes we are right, but we need to be loving instead. And sometimes we're wrong and we need to be loving instead. Thank goodness Jesus sees our value and loves us and forgives. He chooses love over and over again. What if we did that? That's the mystery, right? It's costly, but it's freeing. I don't have to carry the burden of making sure everyone knows I'm right, that my point is heard above all others, or that others are made to see their wrongs. I can choose to love as I am loved. I can love enough to listen even if I don't agree. I can love enough to let God convict you, not me. I can love enough to bite my tongue instead of spouting off. And I can love enough to do hard things, even when they don't make sense or may even seem hurtful to those that don't understand. I can keep the end game in mind. How do I do that? Well, I am so loved. How can I do any less to those that want the same? I mean, that's the mystery, right? How could God send his son, even when he knew how much we would mess up? Well, he loves. When Jesus faces the cross, God seems so unloving. It seems wrong that his son would suffer in this way. Yet in his great love for us, God knew the end of the story. He knew the resurrection would come and that his son would defeat death. So for a moment, Jesus suffered, but for eternity, he lives. For a moment, Joseph may have suffered, but his life was filled with love from and for his son, Jesus. Joseph chose to love, to stand with Mary, and to be a human father to the Son of God. Choosing love must have cost. I can only imagine the looks from his family and friends, the whispers, the outright slander and betrayal. I'm sure he wanted to grab their shoulders and get in their faces and say, This, this is the Son of God. He's the Messiah you've been waiting for. What are you thinking? Yet it wasn't about a perceived right and wrong. It was about following God's plan and choosing to love. 
There are so many things in our world that have become right or wrong when they are really just differences. Differences of opinion, sides, perspectives. What if we asked ourselves more often, is this loving or unloving before we responded? As you enter the holiday season of get-togethers with people who think differently than you on a variety of issues, may you choose to love. It's the mystery of knowing Jesus that gives us the ability to do so, and that alone may open the doors to share the true meaning of Christmas. I encourage you to let go of the heavy burden of being right while calling out the wrong in others and embrace the lightness of the freedom that comes with allowing God to be God and choosing to love. Isaiah told us, Look, a virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Merry Christmas. Amen.